Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. And then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? No holes barred. You ever watch the Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory show? I haven't. I haven't, actually. Um, you should, number one. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's insane. The reason it's insane is the editing. It's got nothing to do with Jesse. It's all editing. It's all him like, what's going on in there? And then, like, like the camera kind of shaking and running up to a door. Oh, look, <laughs> look at that. Look in there. But the camera doesn't show anything. Oh, my God. And then the music hits, like, meow. Like, it's like it's really, like, this intense moment. It's it's pure is it, garbage. Is it meant to be, like, the Geraldo, like, looking in the pyramid Acapone, type of thing? Acapone's tomb? Yeah, yeah, one of those. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, I saw one where he went to this like weather station in Alaska right. and like it's it, it, his whole thing is like, is this how they're controlling the weather? <laughs> like, it's, it's it's that. And then like, the, but then there's like places they can't go. They're like, look at this door. It's locked. Like, but every, like every place on earth has locked right. doors. Like, right. Right. Learn how to like pick McDonald's it. McDonald's locks up at night. I don't think fucking Ronald McDonald is up to some nefarious shit. Like, Sounds like fun. <laughs> It is. You know what else is fun? If anybody has time, uh, do a deep dive on Steven Seagal on YouTube. <laughs> it's the most nonsensical person I think has maybe ever existed on Earth. Now, you were always telling me you don't have time. Yeah, but I, I drive around a lot, so mm-hmm. I'm able to put stuff on. Like I, I don't watch YouTube in the car, but I listen to it. Mm-hmm. And like right in there, right in there. Like, mm. uh, do yourself a favor, either type in Steven Seagal dancing or Steven Seagal running. And you'll get a whole plethora of things. How about Steven Seagal GWWE? Well, I mean, he'd obviously have himself number one. And that's where we're at tonight. We are finishing, almost, our committed to project for this year. We're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are at the top ten. Of our GWE list. This is our stretch project to place to be a nation. We did this original version of this list back in 2017, where we had everyone submit a top 100 greatest OD wrestler ever list based on our uh, NJPW system. And we're doing a five year look back this year, asking folks to resubmit a list. So you and I, yeah. in January, built a list of our own, like kind of revamped the original. And every month we've gone 10 at a time since. And we're all the way up to our 10 through 1. Now, this list is going to look very different from the one we submit into the system. Yes. We've mentioned and this many times. Yes, very different. We're going to talk about that list next month on this podcast. So that'll be where we reveal our 100. Actual list. Which, yeah, I don't know. We have to move kind of quickly, I guess, through it. But uh, we're no, not going to we'll... obviously spend time talking about every guy again. No. I Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now yeah. – do you think Jesse was on to anything with some of the conspiracies? 
I'm sure one or two, maybe. Like, conspiracies exist, right? Like, it's not all bullshit. Right. Like, if you if you had to pick one that you think was true, what do you think it is? Um, You're putting money down on this is a true conspiracy. That Andy Kaufman is not dead. Really? Interesting. What What is your evidence for that? There's just a that, feel. I just don't think he's dead. My good friend uh, threw Tony Clifton out of a small-time Montreal theater one night. <laughs> See? He's still around. True, true story. He came in and, cr- and started creating all this fucking, like, just this <laughs> farcus, right? And then he, he he was a bouncer, and he tossed his ass out. And, and when they got outside, Clifton was like, that was really good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Clifton played by Alex Jones, of course. Hey, uh, I think my pick, just, just so I know you're all waiting on bated breath, but I think JFK is my pick for the conspiracy. Yeah, I feel like that's not a real conspiracy because it's kind of likely. <laughs> it's just it's just fact that like the government yeah, killed the kinda, president. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. So I guess that's one then. Yes. Yes. If you're asking. I mean, we've, uh, we've talked extensively about the Bermuda Triangle on this very podcast. That's a ruse. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Uh, yeah. We're going to start with number 10. Under Siege. Who's your number 10? Uh, we talked about him last time. Uh, my number 10, I mean, I've gone back and forth on this guy. It's, it's Andre the Giant. Um, and, I, you know, I think last, last time I had him somewhere around 20. But as I went back and kind of watched the early days of the promotion, it was pretty apparent how important he was to the mm-hmm. to the to the New York territory during that time. He's right. I, to me like maybe the first like really huge attraction. I mean maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm ignorant, you know. But like he was the first at least for the WWF, he's the first really big attraction that didn't need to be champion or whatever. And then when the time was right, they heated him up for the biggest match of all time. And I think he's a better worker than people give him credit for. I think just I mean, on mere presence and um uh, movement, he's, he's terrifying, but I, I think he works smart in the ring, especially in his early days when he can still move around quite a bit. And, you know, more than anything with this list this time, I remember last time, five years ago, it was so dependent on the great matches, my list, right? right? Like, what are the great matches? But this time, like, as I'm looking at it, I'm like, <laughs> I really should factor in how historically important these, these, these wrestlers are. Mm-hmm. And and that ended up being one of my de- determining factors of everything. So that's why he's there. Um, super important to the promotion. Biggest match of all time. Worked well as a heel or a face. Some pretty good variety all t- everywhere. And just countless memorable moments. They just didn't happen in the Superstars era or the um, the Raw era. So I think a lot of it's lost to time. Yeah, I mean, I had him at 20, which is kind of where you had him last time. I th- Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with much of what you say, like, I think I'll have a little evaluation likely in this top 20 area. Mm. Um, but looking at the list above, like, I don't feel like there's too many guys I'm interested in moving down. Right. You know, we talked about Eddie Guerrero last episode, like he could be one. We kind of went through his case. Like he may move down slightly below like an Andre in a reigns or a warrior, maybe um, in that range. But beyond that, you know, just to refresh, like my 17 through 11 was Piper, Jericho, Punk, Angle, Backlund, Lesnar, Brian. I mean, that's to me, those are like some great guys that I really, really like and factor, you know, rate highly. So I don't, no one jumps out to me as like an easy shift down, you know? 
Yeah, like for mine, like I don't know, like him and Piper were were back back to back for a long time, and then I kind of came to the conclusion that I think he needed to be a bit higher, based on his, just just his his, his MSG and like all those house show work during that period, and like I don't know, I just just so many memorable things with Andre. So for me, it made sense, and uh, my number nine kind of makes sense back to back with him too. I think. Okay. Who is your ten? My ten is Mick Foley. Oh shit! I had him at sixteen. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I feel like historically he's a bit underrated. Yeah. When you start to especially think of the construct of this system, he's someone I had at twelve last time. So I moved him up a couple. But I remember my initial list last time I had him lower, and then I started like looking at it, and I'm like, yeah. well, well, a personally he's just someone I really like. Like he's one of my all time favorites. He's got loads of classic matches like that's not right. a problem <laughs> he's got you know a lot right and he's got the sean at the top of the list and the orton one at the top of the list alone but then beyond mm-hmm. that and and austin at uh, austin, over the edge right so i mean that's that's three pretty much five star pay-per-view matches right there i throw um, i throw edge edge from yeah, edge, in there too the sixth person at one night stand oh. yeah. um hell in a cell like i said is an all-time moment uh, even the you know the matches Chad and I are, are reviewing in '96 with the take with Taker or maybe I, I would say they're a little lower than I would have thought like historically are presented, but they're also like three and a half ish right in there. Um, yeah. Super memorable characters and and I mean dozens of promos <laughs> like it's hard to even <laughs> start to dig into the really great ones. I mean there's just loads of them everywhere. And jump up moments. And he's got those too. Like just Helen in a cell and Worcester alone. <laughs> like those two alone yeah. would be enough. You know what I mean? For jump up moments. Like some people don't touch those at all. And that's just two of his, you know, many. So you could do Love's first appearance. You get the cage with Hunter with the door getting slammed off his head. Right. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. You know, his debut attacking Undertaker on Raw. So there's Cactus like Jack showing up the first yeah, time. Yeah, Jack. Yep doing the thing on the split screen with the three characters. Yeah. The Jim Ross I guess, interviews. I guess uh, that's where it kind of like, I think you're, you're just depends on what your mileage is on those three characters. And if you enjoyed that aspect of it, I think that actually makes a difference with him. And for me, they all write highly and there's multiple versions of mankind as well. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not like, Oh, it's just mankind. Do love cactus. There's mankind, original mankind. Then there's kind of like post original, you know, beloved face mankind. Then there's like suit, you know, shirt and tie mankind, right? Like, so there's multiple flavors of mankind that all work. And then there's, you know, cactus who's brought out for like the really crazy lethal stuff. And he's got some great stuff as cactus. And then dude love, like he'll do love is great with Vince great. in 98. Like, so it's strange. Yeah. It's so, yeah. I mean, to me, they all work. And then there's McFoley. Like at the end, right? Like he's Mick Foley right. pretty much against Randy Orton. He's Mick Foley against Edge. Like that's a character that works well. Like old veteran Foley strapping it up one last time for another fight. So Mick Foley um, against Carlito. I think yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got some downs, right? But I think the downs <laughs> for him, I think what, what really builds his case are the downs are few and far between. Like, yeah, he's got yeah. Carlito, but whatever. He's washed at that point. Right. Um, and then his other down is really just the end of 99. I mean, I mean, that's really, well, he's it. hurt like, and he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you want to say, 
October to December 99. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Like, and Marcus and I did that season of a war. He's got some good stuff. Otherwise in that stretch, it's really just like October to December that he's falling apart. And if he doesn't have those stupid blue sweatpants, I, I don't think you even feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, he's, he's another one that's hard to argue. Like for me, as I'm looking at my list now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to bump him up to 15 over Kurt angle, but yeah. then the list gets tight and it's like, Again, I, I can't counter like I, I, I agree his stuff is 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 all time great, but like I can't put him ahead of Bret Hart. You know what I mean? Like right. I can't put him yeah. ahead of, of Andre for me or Bob Backlund. Like it just doesn't he just doesn't have that same stature within the company for me. And I, I don't say that as a bad thing. because This is somebody who last time I did the same thing as you. I think I forgot him on the list. And right. then like. I was like, okay, where do I put him? And I kind of just started it about 100, and I'm like, okay, what about him against this guy, him against this guy? And right. I want to say he finished like 11. Right, my, yeah. You know, like like he really moved up. Um, I just think that his longevity probably dings him a little bit. Um, like, I again, I, I agree he's not he's not We bad. didn't even mention the Triple H match, by the way. I know. Well, we don't like Triple H. Um, I know, but we were talking about his five-star classics or four and three whatever you want to call it like four and three quarters and above i mean that's four right away sean triple h austin orton edge yeah <laughs> i mean and they, that that's that's six man too yeah and those are all big pay-per-view matches like you know we've struggled yeah. with other ones that go where it's you know so, somewhat where the matches right well msg he had a 20 minute three and a half you know, it's like this yeah. guy's churning out five-star classics left and right on pay-per-views like yeah that's not the easiest thing to do in the construct of wwe um he's also he's also a recognizable mainstream star like i think most people at least if you were had a peripheral knowledge of wrestling and in attitude and beyond like you knew mankind yeah you know mr sako or chef boy rd and like all that stuff so he was like known i mean also the number one times bestseller like he's got all that stuff outside of just wrestling too that like makes him all the commissioner stuff shit you know that stuff too yeah like i guess i guess it's just like it's one of those things where like your mileage may vary and again i'm not saying it to denigrate i'm like i have him high it's just like if you're not a huge fan of the commissioner stuff if you're not a huge fan of the Socko stuff and the kind of comedy act he was at points i can see him dropping a tiny bit but it depends what your what your what your list is about, right? Right. Like if, if your list is about who has the most like five star matches and moments, uh, very easy that he's top ten, right? Yeah, but, but he's got. You, I think he's got plus that. You know what I mean? Oh, I would agree. He's got yeah. plus that. I, I I wouldn't disagree with that. I just think he has less than the guys I have ahead of him. Right. Yeah. For me. All right. Well, my number nine is a guy who I think likes McFoley, and that's a uh, Brett Dittman Hart. Oh, I have him at uh, uh, 13. Okay. Uh, to me, he's a a top tenor. He's someone I've, you know, enjoyed even more so watching, rewatching some of the stuff I've been rewatching throughout my different podcast journeys. Uh, you know, Chad and I just did Survivor Series 96, rolling out of the off the couch, <laughs> delivering that match with Austin. Um, just fantastic. He's super believable again a guy with a ton of moments ton of great matches he's had him across pay-per-view and beyond uh you know symbolized with the company right had multiple stretches i guess if you're starting to get into the nitty-gritty you can ding you know on top during downtime etc etc 
but he also has one of the hottest storylines in company history in 97 with the Hart Foundation. Obviously, he can work as a great face, as a great heel, superstar overseas for them, which drove a lot of big-time tours. Uh, so I don't think that could be discounted either. Uh, obviously, impeccable in the ring. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe the best the best worker of all time. Yeah, I would say he's top three pure worker for me. Hmm. Well, you say that, but are there other people in, that you have in mind? Uh, Savage. Okay. Austin. Okay. And Punk. Interesting. I yeah. I mean, those names. And I Brian. Would... Yeah, I put them all up there. I think Brian might be the closest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of where I land with Brett. I just, for me, I like Brett as much as I shit on him on the podcast just to upset Marcus. Um, I enjoy his work, and and especially when I watched everything back for the year that was, I really appreciated mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff that I didn't appreciate before. Um, there's just a couple of two times too many that I don't like him. Right. And and that's the only reason he's 13 instead of say nine. Um, and then in the end, like I think he's in, a, he, I think he's a, a pretty important part of company history. Like I, he really does carry those 90s. He's that stalwart, you know, and he's in potentially the most infamous match of all time. Um, but I don't know. There's just something missing for me to kind of put him in that upper, 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 upper echelon. Right. Like when you think of all the wrestlers that have ever, ever wrestled for the WWE, it's in the thousands. Right? right. And like for me, if he if you're finishing top 13, you are the tippy tippy top. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's just I have a couple more higher. That's all it is. Yeah, I think what I looked at this tier, um, starting with him or all guys that at one time or another. Maybe except for number one, we're like the man of the promotion like this era like right. they all had their era <clears throat> i think backland's the only one that's kind of outside that group and i guess i mean depends on you want to view andre but well backland uh, was the man that's what i'm saying but he's outside this group oh. for me oh, so he's God. the only one that's like not you know you could argue him and andre or, or maybe like reigns you know what i mean of guys that right, like right, right. owned the time owned a time period that aren't in my top say like nine right um but this nine for me are like the guys I feel are most synonymous with WWF. Yeah. Does it, does it affect you at all that they were, that when Brett left the company got better? No, it was it got better with him in but, 97. But it got, He's a but huge it got, part of it. But it got even better without him. I don't think it doesn't get better without him. With him, does it not get better? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm confident if he stays around 98, the company still gets red hot. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those unfalsifiable things, right? But mm. but they're able to weather his departure and become stronger as a consequence, which I think is interesting. I don't know well, if it should be. I think it's on the his. back of three guys, and they're all ahead of him on my list. So. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? Like it, it's. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. I don't think they got better because all of a sudden he's out of the way. They got better right. because Steve Austin is a once in a lifetime juggernaut. Talent. Vince yeah. McMahon is a once in a lifetime heel at the right time that broke out. 
and the rock is just like the biggest mainstream wrestling star of all time. Um, right. So it's like, those are the three guys they happen to have in the holster in 98 waiting to, to explode. Yeah. Like Brett and me Foley doesn't get away of that, you know? Well, he might, you don't know. He might, right. If he's still there. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that right. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that, that um, I'm certainly not trying to say that he is, it's definitely that, but I think it's worth at least thinking about that. Yeah. Like as soon as he left, everything exploded. And I'd I don't agree disagree. with you if it wasn't on the verge of exploding already. If he left in 96 and then 97 was like 98, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I understand what you mean. But the back end of night, like from the middle to the end of 97, like they're already there. Like raw is better than nitro for chunks of time. Yeah. Um, the angles are there. He's part of it. You know, Austin doesn't get as big without him. Without Brett. Yeah. So it's I, like, I don't disagree. It's now, it's, it, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't agree. If, if Michaels leaves, does the company recover as well? If Undertaker Michaels leaves, leaves, does the company re- rec- recover as well? Well, Michaels does leave at the same time. But not really. Like, it's not the same. It's not the same as like him going to the competition, right? Like, I think if Michaels leaves at the end of 97 instead of Brett, I think things go the same. What about The Undertaker? It's all happening. If he's not there in 98. Um, no, if he, it, the image of him jumping ship. Right. It, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's the same because I think I don't think WCW takes advantage because he's not going to be The Undertaker. Right. He's going to be some other stupid name. Um, the Grave Man. Like, and I think. I think WCW low key was already Dying. on the way down into 98. I just think it took a while for the numbers to catch up because right. it just, it, WDF, WD, the same shit happened in 02. Everything lags, right? I think right. Foley talked about this book too. It, it, the promotion's hot before the numbers go up. It takes a while for everyone to realize it. And on the flip side, it takes everyone to realize that a bad week isn't just a bad week, right? Like, right a bad week becomes six bad weeks becomes six bad months. And now all of a sudden here we are. So like, I, yeah. I think that's what happens at WCW. They're riding on the hot streak into like late 98, almost where they're already sold out of arena. Like tickets are already bought before the product dipped. Oh, it's just right. a bad week. They still got a loaded roster. Oh, this, Oh, here comes gold. Like, and then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this isn't that good of a show. <laughs> like, right. You know? And, and I, I feel like, they were already inching toward that. And I don't think Undertaker going there or some other name in 98 does anything different than like Brett did. No it's one possible. was, no one was gift wrapped as hot as Brett Hart was coming off of Montreal. Like, yeah, I just, I just feel like Brett Hart and, and this is not his fault, but Brett Hart doesn't command the same respect among the top tier wrestlers in WCW that someone like Undertaker would. Right. Like, I don't know about that. I think you'd have Hogan clamoring to get a win. Like, I, I think it's um, I just don't agree. I, I think Undertaker going there and at the end of 97 to me. Say Kane takes him out and he leaves like Kane killed him. Nothing is hotter than Brett getting screwed yeah. like that. I mean, that's on a fucking platter for WCW, right? Yeah, they and up. they just bring him in into the middle of the stupid Hogan Sting thing 
and botcha. Then they almost save it. They had the match of Flair. It looks like he's getting on track. And then it's like kind of back off the rails again. Well, then uh, they turn him like 50 times, right? Yeah, it's almost like it was an embarrassment of riches. And I think anyone who walks into that is going to be the same way. You could argue maybe Sean is the safest play because he's going to walk in and get protected by Nash. Um, right. right. But he was also self-destructing one way or another. Right. Whether his back was going or he was going to have a freaking OD. Like, he was heading that way anyway. So, yeah, he could have been Pilbin 2.0 in a different timeline. Right. Anyway. Who's your number nine? Look, Brett sucks. Okay. <laughs> my number nine is the under my number nine is the undertaker. So I I remember last time the caveat with me was that like he can't be number one because he has so much bad stuff. Right. Remember that was getting bandied about. And I still maintain that. I think he does have a lot of bad stuff. But mm-hmm. I think I think he is the the he picks up the mantle uh, of Andre the Giant as the attraction of the promotion. Mm-hmm. And he carries it for like 30 years. And yeah, there's like bad stuff in there and, and, and there, there, there's stuff that's not as great, but it's, it's kind of, it's really overshadowed by how, all the great stuff he brings. And I think his bad stuff, unlike say someone like Triple H, I don't think his bad stuff hurts the promotion the same way. Right. Like, I mean, you could probably make an argument that like in 2001, 2002, Maybe that was kind of like maybe at his most selfish or, or whatever. You know, there was that whole talk online. And maybe some of the decisions they made with him later on, uh, then during that period, ended up hurting the product. But I, I don't recall him ever really burying people. I don't recall him leeching mm. off heat. He never needed to leech off heat, I don't think. To, the way- uh, yeah. I disagree with you in 2001. I think that's his worst stretch where he well, does I, I negatively with, affect things. With yeah. Angle. I think Angle I, – I don't know if DDP. he Angle. Yeah, but DDP was I, – nah. yeah. I, I, it's, it's the same – to me, that's the same argument as like WCW fucking up anybody who's going to be Bret Hart, right? Like they were never going to push whoever that was regardless. Now, I think yeah. it's fucking stupid what they did and they had Undertaker kill him and Undertaker's wife pin him, right? But I feel like that was his fate. Regardless, right? Yeah. The two angle um, matches are unacceptable. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I would agree that early 2001, he shouldn't be in the um, world title picture at all. It's just too much. Right. Um, but then you got the whole WrestleMania angle. You just, you, you got everything that goes with that. You got him pulling out classics and other things. You got the aura. You got the longevity. You do have some flexibility too, because he plays into a bunch of different characters. Mm-hmm. So he just like, I think he's just one of those guys. He he's a guy that you really think of when you think of WWF. Yeah. Right. Like, and I I would say maybe even more than Brett and Sean because I kind of have them all bunched close together. Right. And that ended up being some of my determining factors. I'm like, okay, like if I was gonna pick one to kind of represent the company, it's probably him. And he does. He has as many five-star matches as Bret Hart or maybe, maybe as many as Sean. I don't know. Um, he doesn't have as many bad, but again, there's just so much with that character and that character gave so much to the company that he needs to be high. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned a minute ago, like the expanded Mount Rushmore of my top nine. I mean, he's one of the glaring ones, right? That's synonymous with the company that I don't have in that stretch. Right. Yeah. I think it's just the bad stuff is, it's high profile bad. Um, 
I think I just enjoy the guys above him more overall. Yeah, I'm not uh, taking that's fair. Like I like him. I just think there are those stretches. Even in '99, he's got some rough stuff too. I mean, obviously Hell in a Cell, and I know he's breaking down a bit, but and I can't overlook, yeah. you know, that Brett match at the Rumble. Uh, <laughs> I hate that match. Right. I mean, one of my least favorite. And he's just got like stuff yeah. like that crops up more often for him than for other guys. Like in my top X. Yeah. Like the guys no, that I, have above I get him you... have way less of like, or or little to none, except for maybe one guy that's coming up. Of like, you know, I never want to watch some of that stuff again. And he's just I, got like a bunch of that. I guess it's like. And it closes pay-per-views. Yeah. I guess like, in, I mean, I will say in his defense, like. When you're given, like, I mean, maybe his batting, uh, how, would you say his batting average is low? Because he's just got so many more opportunities, right, than, and, than really anybody not named Triple H. Yeah, I mean, he's a rich man's Craig Biggio, right? <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> you know, if he had retired when any normal wrestler would have retired, right, he doesn't even get close to it. But he hangs on and hangs on, and good for him. He, he, he reinvented himself down the stretch. So he ended up compiling enough great to be now in this mix. Versus right. like a Triple H or a Kane that's lower, but just didn't compile as much. Right. Right? Triple H is like a poor version of him. So, I mean, again, I have him, to your point, right? I have him 19. So he's in the top 20 all time, which is obviously super high. I have him and Andre back to back. Because to me, you know, they're similar, like you said. Everyone else I just enjoy more, and I think they have less of the bad. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so my number eight is I'm someone who you haven't talked about. So he's, I'm guessing, or, or I'm sure, I'm sure our top 10 is very similar. Uh, my number eight is who I consider the best heel of all time. And that's Vince McMahon. I have him at seven. Okay. You want to wait? Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I just, I mean, like we were talking about bad. I just brought up batting average with undertaker, but I don't know if anybody has a better batting average than Vince McMahon. Like, I know he has a couple of matches that are, like, hard to watch, like, when, especially the one with his daughter, the one with Brett. But I feel like almost everything else he did in ring was at least very good. And then a lot of it was great, and a lot of it was all-time great. Uh, one of the greatest promos of all time, the greatest character of all time. Um, I mean, just, just an all-around phenomenal performer. And you would have never imagined the matches he's in being as good as they are. But they are because the storytelling is so strong around everything. And that's all right. based on how good a character he is and how great a performer he is. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I know we've had back in the past, right? Some from so, uh, some folks that don't even have him ranked. Right. Because they don't consider him a wrestler. I, I think he's had more than enough matches. He's got like um, 30 pay-per-view matches. So, like. He's had more than enough to be considered a wrestler and a like, major look, like, character. To give you some context. Yeah, like, look, like, if you're ranking the Ultimate Warrior, you better be ranking Vince, because right. Vince has more pay-per-view matches than him. Right. right? I like, mean, he, way less TV matches, but yeah. No, but on TV, just as, probably more, right. more TV time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even counting his commentary time. Right. No, I agree. I mean, he's he's a, a character on television a lot. An active character, not just a manager. Um, you know, he's getting into fights and brawls. He's a big catalyst. I'm with you. He's the greatest heel uh, of all time. I don't think there's much argument. He's the only person on this list that's really ever been a pure heel. I mean, besides maybe Savage still to come, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's got classics up and down. Uh, he's got the arguably the biggest feud in, in company history with Austin, prob- probably the biggest feud in company history, the biggest angle, one of the biggest money-making angles. Yeah. That doesn't work without him at all. I mean, I think Austin still gets big, but maybe not as big, right, without him. No way he gets as big because yeah. he needed that guy. And Vince was the perfect guy because Vince mm-hmm. was willing to show ass, right? Yeah, constantly. Like, yeah. unlike someone like Triple H, who's always, you know, like, like you could kick the shit out of Vince and make it look great. Yeah. And there's this catharsis. Like, if you go back and just listen to the first two minutes of the 1999 Royal Rumble, the crowd is losing mm-hmm. it at just seeing them fight and seeing Austin kick the shit out of them. Agreed. I mean, I don't. Again, I know some folks don't view him uh, in that way, or at least would have him this high. But I mean, his promo skills are through the roof. He's got a million jump-up moments. He's got the matches. I mean, work great, whatever. Like that's relaxed, obviously, but in his own clunky way, like it it works. And he's in the he biggest makes the match work of all time, so. right? Um, and like you said, a big piece of yeah, it is like he's willing it, to sh- show ass. Like he's willing to take the beating. Not everyone's willing to do that on the heel side. Um, nope. And he's completely selfless in that regard. There's not one time where you could, I mean, you could argue there's times where he should is on TV too much, right. In the later years, but sure. I can't think of a match that he, go, he wins or takes too much off, like any of that where he shouldn't have. Right. Zach Gowan, I guess maybe it's the only one, but like, there's really no other matches that he, like, Oh, why did he, why did Vince win that match? Like he never wins a big match. Really? No, no, he he only beats Zach Gowan and his daughter, or he'll beat or he'll beat he'll pin Austin on, on TV after like eighty guys come in and kick and beat him up. You know, like it's never fair, which is fine. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Who's your eight? Uh, my eight is Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid. Hmm. Oh my God, I had him at twelve, so we're close. Okay. Again, I mean, him and Brett to me have to be together <laughs> as always forever. I just say, I think yep. they're about even for me, but I, I do think Sean's has got more high end output. And a big, big, it's, big part of that is that he got to have a comeback run that Brett couldn't. Yeah. If Brett doesn't get murdered by Bill Goldberg, that no good lousy wrestler, you know, maybe he comes back. No. Maybe he makes amends down the lo- quicker because maybe he's just not as maybe he wrestles Kurt Angle bitter. Yeah. Maybe he has some of those matches in, in the mid two thousands where he could still wrestle the style. He worked. He right. probably could have kept going. I mean, easily. So, you know, he, he gets hosed on that. Right. But Sean got to have a whole other career rebuild himself. Right. And, um, you know, I think they both are pretty equal in the tag stuff. I think Rockers and Hot Foundation pretty much wash. I think they're pretty equal IC, right? I think they both have, like, some great stuff and some standard stuff. Yeah. I think their world title reigns are similar in that they don't draw and set the world on fire, but they have some classic matches as part of it and some memorable angles. Yeah. I think their 97 heel run is extremely similar. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I would argue DX and Hot Foundation are pretty even. I mean, it's pretty amazing just how equal they are. Yeah, I just feel that with all of it, Michael's just nudges a little bit higher on all of it. Well, but even if you wash that yeah. all, 
If you yeah. wash 88 to 97. Oh, then you have the comeback. Yeah. Sean then comes back for another, you know, eight years and has a bunch of great stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you could argue it should be significantly higher, perhaps, but. Right. I just like the seven I have above him. That's more of a thing. Like, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't put him above Vince or the other six I have. No, and, and me neither. Like, and, and I was thinking about it. Like, we both have Sean one spot ahead of Brett. And the only difference is I have Backland, Andre, and Undertaker ahead of them. Right. That's our difference between me and you, which I think is pretty close. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I don't think there's much else to say, like, no, in, uh, yeah. in defense of Shawn Michaels. Like, I would think even, you know, we joke about Marcus hating him, and maybe <sighs> he's lower, but I would think most people, most people would have him inside the top 10 on a WWE list. I think some people had him one which I think would be too high. I do know there's an anti-Michaels sentiment out there for some, right? That right. don't like his style in ring or whatever. That don't like wrestling or fun. <laughs> don't have him as high. Yeah. I, I would think the majority of the people doing this project would have him inside the top 10. Yeah, apparently not me though. <laughs> <laughs> well, top 12. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you don't, you guys don't need me to sell you on Shawn Michaels. Like, I mean, the WWF does a good enough job telling us he's the greatest of all time as it is. All right, so where are we at? My my seven or your seven? All right, my seven was Vince. Okay, perfect. My seven is John Cena. I have him at five. Ooh. Okay. Um. Okay. Well. Well, who's your six? The Rock. He's my five. Okay. I'm debating the two of them. Um. Watching some of the seasons for War and PTB, there is some down, more down Cena in there, right? That yeah. I probably wasn't as in tune with. Um, you know, thinking more thoroughly through the era of him being viewed as like super indie Cena. Right. There was the damn more damage there than you would realize. Like, I know you and I, Marcus, were talking about that a bit. That's right. Right. Guys like Rusev and Bray Wyatt. That no got actively hurt by having three to four pay-per-view matches with him. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of great stuff, too, especially mainly post-SummerSlam 15, I think, is when it picks up for him. Right. Where he's got the Rollins match, and he has the AJ series. Um, he, he, learned, he loses to Del Rio in that, too, because he gets hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then down the stretch, you know, he's got the later stuff, right, with, like, Reigns and stuff that's really good later. Baron Corbin. <laughs> Brian Corbin. Uh, he's got the Brock stuff. Like, so, like, there's a lot of great in there, too. Yeah. Obviously, he's got the Brian match. Um, but there are large swaths of time um, that aren't as great. And that's mainly in that, you know, it, it kills the Nexus dead. Um, <laughs> some shaky stuff in 09. Uh, I, I have enjoyed him quite a bit in 08, but I. Like Orton and Triple H better than him actually during that stretch quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I I think no matter what, like if you were to make a list just based on like who's had the most great matches, right. it's probably Cena. Probably he probably comes in number one because he's just had so many for so long. But I think he can never go super high for me for two reasons. One, there's too much falseness in his work for me. So like. He's the king of like selling something 
and then jumping up and down on it like a second later. Like you'll work his leg for 20 minutes. Right. He'll he'll act like it's broken and then literally jump on it to give you the uh, FU or uh, attitude adjustment, right? Right. Or the way he kicks out, I was talking about this, with, I keep bringing up Marcus. Marcus should just be on the show. Um, you know, the way he kicks out drives me insane because no matter where he is in a match, it's always the same kick out. You'll right. never get that, like, you know, when Hogan would like just kind of roll slowly over because he's so hurt. You'll never get that with Cena. So I think his work hurts things to a degree. He's still able to have great matches and some of the best matches of all time. But then there's other matches that like, like I have matches that I watch that I'm like, oh man, that'd be a five-star match. If not for like, like one or two things that like a professional wrestler should just do. Um, but I also think he needs to get dinged a little bit because of how much he, he just, I, I mean, there's no metric to this, but I think he's probably responsible for driving a lot of people away from the company. Like, I know he drove me away, like during the 2006 to 2010. Like I just got tired of his character and his character was not, I, I, I was his character ever great. You think? Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe the initial heel rapping stuff. Yeah. Because what was his character? He was just a guy that right. nothing ever affected. Right. And Maybe for a while, the worst year of his life was still oh, just kind of whatever. When he main evented every pay-per-view? The worst year of my life. But also, like, remember that time he was the narrator, too? Well, lots of stuff going <laughs> on on Raw. Right. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Uh, so, and but I think he's, when he when he wanted to, he could cut an incredible promo. Um, maybe they're just right. Maybe he's just the ultimate company man. He just did whatever they said, good or bad, right? But again, he's number seven, so it's not. And he's number five for you. Uh, he's probably gonna be six. Yeah, I okay. think I'm gonna move Rock up. But honestly, like he may be going down more because he's, it's like what's. We just talked about him and Foley, right? Like, I don't know. I was I was very high on Cena last time we did this list in 17. Um, yeah. But I think he had just come off all, like, the AJ stuff and the, like, Owens and all that, like, was real right. fresh. Um, and he hasn't done anything bad really since, like, but I think just re-watching more of the stuff. Yeah. Her, I, I, th- I, feel like I, I feel like I had him high last time almost as an answer to the all the haters it was like no you're mm. you guys are wrong like he is great an all-time top fiver right like i almost thought it was like maybe an overcorrection to like the what i thought was unfair right hate toward him so i wouldn't drop him too low but i'm looking at the list like he may be one of those guys that i mentioned if i moved like a reins and a taker and an andre up and a piper right. Like, could he sink back into like the late teens? I don't think he it's dropped. crazy. I, he like, may I drop quite a bit for me. He's gonna get. See, the things I bring up are things that sometimes don't bother people, right? Like, I remember someone. I forget who it was last time arguing that the kickouts were like a good thing, that he's consistent, right? So you know, everybody's gonna have their own view about what what makes him an appropriate candidate or not. I just think that like if you're if you're if you're actively driving people away from the product, you can't be number one. And you might, I, I might reevaluate too, and he might right. get bumped out of that top 10, right? Like, 
Andre the Giant never drove me away from the product, right? He doesn't have as many five-star matches as John Cena, but, like, if you gave me the choice right now, probably want to watch an Andre match instead. Right. And maybe it's just because I've seen so many Cena matches. You know, that might not even be his fault. Right. All right, so fuck John Cena, right? Yeah, I would say when I, we talk again in a month, like, the reveal may be for me that he's... He may drop like twelve to thirteen spots, right? And I don't think it was just you saying it; like you saying it, put it in my head. But no, I was I, starting to feel that way watching again some of this other stuff back. Like if you think of some of the seasons and years we're doing on so his podcast, like like I said, like Scott and I are doing oh seven to oh eight right now. Marcus and I had just done eleven to twelve for war, and now we're doing you know fifteen sixteen. So like I'm seeing a lot of maybe unfairly some of his more down stretches yeah but when you start it, to have it, that many down stretches it's like okay yeah well and and if you think too like think about all the things that he made worse like and there's actually a lot of them right like as soon as they announced rock cena at wrestlemania which i love i actually think it's a great match right but everything else got put on hold and it was the same thing for the next year so you couldn't really elevate anyone in that two year stretch. Right. Think of all the guys that he just beat like over and over and over again, that never became anything or they became kind of middling stars. Like if you, if you, if you remember how hot Kevin Owens was Mm -hmm. when he comes in by the end of the feud, he's not as hot. Like he recovers and he does. Okay. But it's the, it's the trip. It's the same thing with triple H. Like nobody goes, it's very rare for anybody to go into a feud with Cena and come out better. Yeah. I mean, it starts with Owens. Or actually, it starts with Wyatt. Wyatt was the first real big glaring one. Um, and then it goes into goes into uh, Rusev and then Owens. Like, all three really don't yeah. come, you know, come out worse aware. Even Rollins, they have the classic at SummerSlam, but it still took Jon Stewart, right, to beat Cena. And yeah. then Cena beats him, I think, the next month, right? So, um, I I would even say that it's kind of ridiculous what happens with Brock in 2014. Like right. Brock destroys him, which is great and different and wild. But then, like, then it's always 50-50. Right. And you you could even argue that he hurts Brock's debut by right. winning that match, right? Yeah, like, that too. Yeah, yeah. That's for no one. reason. And then come, then he comes out and is like, I'm gonna have to take some time off, and then doesn't. And this match at 29 obviously stinks. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's such a foregone conclusion. I think the one the year before had legit, like, oh, I wonder oh, who's yeah, going to win. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he does a lot of great stuff, right? Like him and Batista at SummerSlam 08 is awesome. That holds Love up it. real well. The Umaga, amazing. The Sean the stuff, great. Um, the Rock think, matches mentioned, great. I think Bryant, his match. Classic. I think his match with Punk is the best match in company history. Yep. Yep. Money he's got bank, that. Right? Like, he's got I, the AJ, I get that that's... AJ matches, which are all yep. like five stars pretty much. So the Reigns match last year, SummerSlam was really good. He's got that great match on Raw against Nakamura where he gets mm-hmm. his face fucked up. I like that one. I mean, I you know what I love? I love the uh, one night stand match with RVD. The way he's able to kind of pivot right. and just become a heel but not really change, but just kind of lean into it is so like, like that's the evidence that he's a good performer. I just wish he was more detail oriented. Right. 
All right, knock him down on your list, everybody. Everybody take take 10 points off Cena. Well, the more we say it, I think his career now is, what, ends up being like 18 years or so? Yeah. Give or take. Like, uh, I, I, He's closer to taker for me now. Mm. Because he's got all the high-end classics with a bunch of crap. Right. But he doesn't hurt the promotion as much. Like, he hurts the promotion more than taker, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's up here because I, like I said, I, he's a guy that had an error, right? So, but looking at it, I don't, I don't see how he could better Sean for me now. Mm. After we just talked about Sean, um, Foley for sure. We didn't even talk about Sean. We just know, right? yeah. You know, you know, like you don't even have to think about it. Whereas Cena, you kind of do, right? Right. So uh, Cena's gonna drop. I would say he's gonna be out of the top ten. Yeah, me too. I think I'm gonna bump him down. Um. So you want to talk about Rock since he's probably going to be the biggest? Th- I mean, I don't yeah. see I don't see Vince, Sean, Brett like sliding into my top five. I think Rock could be the top five. So no, I think Rock is. I mean, yeah, I'll explain my top five as we go into it. But like, yeah, I mean, Rock is. And does he even have any bad? I mean, like, my, Rocky Maivia. Yeah, I was how much you want to ding Rocky Maivia that one year of him, but. I don't love him beating Punk and fighting Cena in 2013. No. Um, but I feel like he earned a mulligan <laughs> for that. I mean, he's yeah. incredibly selfless. I, I think if you, if anyone's listened to Ruthless the Aggressive podcast uh, mm. with Jake Williams, like, I think, I mean, we all know Hollywood Rock is great. But what makes him great is on full display in that stretch. Because the episode I did with Jake was where he's with Hurricane in the back. Right. Oh, so good. And it's one of those ones that everyone always remembers as being great, but it actually really is great. Like, it's not just like, oh, that was fun. And then you go back and watch it. Like, oh, it wasn't that good. It's it's really great. And on that same episode, is Triple H emasculating Booker. Right. With the, you, you know, you're not, you people aren't. You people. That thing, right. So that opens the show. And then Rock backstage Putting making Hurricane, Hurricane look like a, you know, he's pulling one over on him. He's let him see he's got a small dick and all that stuff. Like that's the same episode. And it, to me, it was such a glaring <laughs> epitome of those two guys in that one episode of a random run, you know, March of, uh, Oh three was like, wow. Like when people say this is rock and this is triple H, like that episode alone could make that point for you. Right. And I he thought. is incredibly selfless with that stuff. I mean, you know, he laid down to Austin, those, Manias, those are both great man. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a rock, and he's become, without a doubt, like there's no qualifiers, there's no. no caveats, there's no argument to be made. He is the most successful professional wrestler of all time. When you look at his yes, wrestling success, on top during the most profitable year in company history, whether it was yeah. completely him or not, he's on top. And it's like you said, it 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 bleeds from the year before, right. It's it's exactly the same argument as before. Right. So he, but he's, you know, that's him. And then, I mean, the biggest movie star. This guy legit could run for president in two years and, and probably win. win. Um, yeah. you know, you you don't really ever hear much, at all, in the way of negative. Nope. He's, he's just great. Superstar. He's I mean, great. He's, he he's good at every aspect and it, 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 he's good at every aspect of life clearly mm-hmm. but um he's he was there was not a weak point in his wrestling game right 
He's a great heel, just as good a face, great worker, uh, great promos, like great presence, great look. Like there, there's there's nothing wrong with this package at all. The only time there was ever anything wrong was when they were forcing him to be someone he wasn't. Right. And then as soon as that went away, holy shit. I think it's interesting that you bring him up as the most successful. I'm curious if he's the most – he's the most successful. I, I don't disagree at all. I don't know if he's the most famous wrestler of all time though. From the pers- oh, he is. Well, just from the perspective is I wonder if there are, there's a swath of people that don't remember he was a wrestler. Whereas, everyone knows he was. Whether they remember him as a wrestler, Yeah. everyone knows he was. Like my kids never – they don't watch wrestling. I never saw him wrestle. Right. They know he's a wrestler. Yeah, but they they're your wrong. kids. They're going to get wrestling through osmosis, right? Like, yeah, I don't know about that. But Anyway, I'm I, curious. I think – I mean – Hogan's your only one you could argue. Well, what I mean, what I mean by that, by the most famous pro wrestler, is that when you think of pro wrestling, I don't think your mind goes to Rock right away. I think your mind goes to Hogan. Yeah. When you, when you think wrestling, when you think the most successful wrestler ever, it's no question it's Rock. You, you get what I mean? Rock the is difference. the most well-known professor wrestler of all time. Yes. Whereas Hogan, Hogan may will, be the most synonymous with, with wrestling. professional. I'll wrestling. give you that. Okay. Yeah, I think. But that doesn't mean he's the most well-known. No, that's what I was trying to say. Most yeah, yeah. synonymous. Yeah, yeah. If you think pro wrestling, you're thinking Hogan, yes. But if yeah. you're looking at which wrestler ever had the most success in life, oh, <laughs> it's the yeah. Rocket. It's not. It's not particularly close. For a bit, no. you could make some arguments, but he's really. I mean, the last like six or seven years has put that argument away. I think you could actually make a case that of two guys you may not think of in the argument would be Cena. Yeah. I mean, he's really well known. Like, of course. There are lots of kids that men- talk about John. Oh, John, you, know, you can't say like all that stuff because he's all over Nickelodeon and all that other crap, right? So like everyone yeah. knows him. Plus Today Show, or whatever he was doing. Um, and Batista. Oh yeah, I mean you Be- could just because of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, yeah, the dude I mean, is on a Disney ride, <laughs> so it's like that's, that's like mega big. For a period two, you could probably throw Andre in there. Yeah, I think Andre's more with Hogan. Well, but Andre had that Princess Bride, right? And that was huge. Like, he never went on to do other things, but there are people that, like, know him as that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, he's in the conversation. I think think it's more at the synonymous conversation, though. Like, I think when you think of wrestling, you think Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Andre the Giant, probably. Yeah, Steve Austin, maybe, too, yeah. Now, let me ask something. If, If Rock has, let's say he doesn't leave in 2003, right? Let's say he has five more years where he he's at his same level. He's easy number one, right? So, oh, what do you say, like oh three to oh eight, he stays around. Yeah, and he's he's just him, right? Like he's, right. I mean, maybe even if he dips a little bit, you know, like he's still the rock. Right. Is it is it his longevity that keeps him from being number one? Um. Because he's got the package. The package is there. The matches are there. Like, everything's there. So I just think the three of the... So, we have to discount our one, to me. Like, I I, I could see an argument why our number one, if he's still your one, um, would it be a number one, right? I think, to me, my number one is a complete personal preference. Right. So, I think the three guys ahead of him, just within the cons, constraints of wrestling, are generational guys that carried the promotion like much longer. And I know one of them doesn't, but he also 
was the biggest star within the world of wrestling. You're talking about Austin, right? Yeah. yeah. Hogan and Bruno. Right. So let's just talk about all these guys. And I'm not going to be it's stupid to just slow reveal at this point. Okay, so, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If we're going to do that, then I still haven't dealt with my number six. All right. Who's your six? My six is Brock. Okay. Let's talk about him. And then let's, I think our top yeah. four are the same. So we can just handle yeah. it that way. So, so I think there's been this misconception, at least uh, maybe I'm wrong. But, like, it's kind of felt like 2012, 2013 that, like, the company's built around Reigns and, like, Reigns' success. But the more I thought about it this time, I think that 2012 until 2020 is the Brock Lesnar era. Right. I think he is that the, the man for that period. He's not on the show as much, but the entire promotion is basically built around him and his appearances. And... He's fucking good at it. Like he, he, to me, like we're talking about rock being the total package. I think Brock is, is almost the same in terms of being a total package. It's just that package is different. Right. Like we talked last time about like when you brought him up that I think like in a snapshot, I think there's, there's a, there's a, there, if you can watch like one Brock match, you probably, you probably leave and say, this is the best professional wrestler of all time. Right. He every match is a big deal. It's you know a bit diminishing returns now, I think, but like this guy's got just as many great matches as anybody with less time, less. Um, you know he's maybe maybe the best seller in the mm-hmm. company, like which is crazy considering, you know like but I guess not because he knows how to. He's taken real beatings, so he knows what right. it feels like. Um, but I just think that like 2012, 2020, I think to the the company really becomes Reigns' company in 2020 when he turns heel. Yeah. I think it's Brock's company until then, and right or wrong, it's the most profitable time in company history. And I don't think that's all on him. I think it's the TV deals and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he does deserve some credit for that because right. he is their major attraction. And he's their major attraction that delivers almost every time he's out. Yeah. So I, I, I just like I, I could see an argument that he's won. Like, he's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I can see that argument. He won't be there for me. The guys I have ahead of him, I think, are more important to the company, mm-hmm. have a bit more in the bank. But, like, his match resume is insane. Right. So I guess that's, like, if you start to get to this level where you have him, if he doesn't come back, is the company any different? If he never comes back at 12. I wonder what they do. I wonder if they shift to like the smaller guys. Right. Cause that's kind of who was like their, their backups. Right. But I, I wouldn't want to sacrifice him for a smaller guy. Cause I think he's just as good a worker. Like, like this is going to sound insane, but I think in his way, he's as good a worker as Brett, as Brian, as Savage. Like it's just different. Like, mm-hmm. so I, you know, like, what does the company look like if he does, like if he doesn't come back? I don't think he touches top fifty, right? No, not worried about him. I mean the company. Yeah, like because we talked about like the guys above him. Yeah, Bruno Hogan, Austin. If if they don't exist, the company's significantly different. Yeah. Without Bruno, the company. I don't know how it does, and I don't know the gates, but I'm, I'm guessing it's not nearly as successful in the sixties and seventies without Bruno right, right. carrying MSG. Without Hulk Hogan, we know yeah. the story. Without Steve Austin. We're watching uh, WCW now. Yeah. So it's like, to me, those three guys have to be top three. They're not on my list because, again, my personal right. 
greatest is number one, but they're in the next three slots. And right. I don't think anyone on this list besides maybe Vince McMahon, um, you can say that about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to gauge with Brock because the company is just in a completely different place, right? right? Like by 2012, they're about to launch their network. They've got a complete monopoly. It's not quite, it, it, it's hard to compare that. So would the, would the company look completely different? Yes. I don't think he saved the company, but I wager that he rekindled interest in the company for some that have been lapsed. Like, I, I think that's probably fair. Uh, but then again, maybe him not being there for a long periods, like in 2017 or whatever, pushed people away. Right. Right. I don't know. Um, what I do know is just how solid and great he is. I, Does I, he have the jump up moments? Um, I mean, I feel like that's where he's lacking a bit. It, weirdly. Well, okay, I, I guess the, if you look at his matches, his moments, but well, he's got the debut, which was crazy and interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got the title win. He's yeah. got jumping to SmackDown and breaking up the world titles. He's got the Royal Rumble win. He's got the win at WrestleMania with the botched, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the botched uh, shooting star press. Um, he's got the stuff with Angle in the summer of 2003. I mean, you know, uh, the stuff with Goldberg in 2004 is interesting. I don't know if it's a jump up moment, but it's completely, it's completely unforgettable. Then he's got the return, the match with Cena. Um, holding Raw hostage with Triple H until he admits breaking Triple H's arm. And then he has that series of Triple H, which hurts him. But I, I almost don't blame him for it because that's everybody, right? <laughs> like, um, then in 2014, he ends the streak, which is huge. He destroys Cena, holds that title. Um, 2015, he's got that match with um, Rollins and Cena. He's got the cathartic beatdown of Reigns in 2015. He's got the return of The Undertaker. He's got that whole Undertaker feud. 2016, he kind of slows down a lot, but then he's got the jump up stuff with Goldberg, which is incredible, right? right? And then, you know, then he really gets into it with Reigns. I think once you get to 2018, 19, he's not as effective. Um, but that 2020 Rumble, he's incredible in it. And I think that's a big jump up moment, right? And people love that stupid fucking tractor shit that he did. <laughs> yeah. Some people. All right. So maybe he's got some. Yeah, he's got a few. All right. Now that he's out of the I, I mean, he's definitely going to move up anyway with the Cena shift like he'll go up above that um I don't know if I could if, if I'll move him above the other guys but yeah I just I don't see well what's the argument for him not to be moved up I guess his personal preference okay that's fair I don't know I mean maybe over Brian I could see it where do you have him I have Brock at 12 Brian at 11 who's 10 again Foley yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Oh, man, how good would that match be? I know. Prime Brock against Prime Foley. Foley, like, I just when you get to a certain point, it's your guys, right? Like, Foley. I, I mean, I love Brock. I, this is coming off like I don't, but, um, you know, I have Brock above Angle, so that tells you how I yeah. feel about it, because, you know, I feel about Angle. And it's Foley's, like, elite level for me. And then you get the Brett Shaw and combo. I guess you could argue maybe over them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Vince is an interesting one based on the conversation we were just having. Um, is the company different if he's not around? So Vince, it's completely it's one thousand percent. We got to look at him as a character, not as to say he never becomes Mister McMahon, right? He just stays in the booth or whatever. Sure. Well, is there? Is it? You know? Is it at the Hogan Austin Bruno level of shift? 
I think it's probably close because Austin doesn't become. We talked about it briefly, but I, Austin doesn't become as big without Vince. Right. Like he so really should needs, he be above the Rock? I don't think so. Like because if if it was just on importance, there would be other people ahead of him too, right? But it's not. Like importance is like my number one stat, but the Rock just has too many other intangibles for me. Yeah, I think I'm fine with that. All right, so our top four, you tell me if you're of the same order. So I got Bruno four, Hogan three, Austin two, Savage one. I flipped Austin and Hogan from last time. I had Hogan two last time. Okay, so <laughs> this, my friend, is where sentimentality comes to die for me. I have Savage four, Oof. Bruno three, Austin two, Hogan one. Because, and I, I don't know if you remember, we talked about this five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, like, can I really put Savage ahead of Hogan, Austin, and Bruno? And with this one, I think my my heart wants to, but the company just doesn't exist without those three, like at all. Like I think at any point, if they're not there, the company probably dies, or 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 doesn't get nearly as big right. or whatever. And and Savage. He's my favorite. He's my favorite. I think he might be the best wrestler of all time, but he, you could take him out. You could take him out and not that much changes. Right. You lose the mega powers. You lose great stuff, but you don't lose the company. And it's funny because as I was watching, like, you know, throughout this, this, um, throughout this project, I've been saying, okay, I've been going back and watching the house shows and whatnot and, and, and seeing that. And every, everyone has been helped by those, except Savage, who's been hurt by it, mm-hmm. which is it's a shame because, like, when he comes in in 85, like, he's just – he's with George Steele for so long. He's got the like, Hogan stuff, though. You didn't like that? I liked it. I liked it. But it's not like I – didn't, I didn't think it was, like, all-time great. You know what I mean? Like, right. like I could interchange Not much it is. With, no, but like, you know, like Hogan Orndorff, it, it's not all time great, but it's like all time memorable, right? Like I find the Hogan Savage stuff on the house shows, while very good matches, eh, they could just not be there and it wouldn't change anything, right. right? And then like, it's just his style when he came in was so based on stalling. And so like his matches were actually at the beginning kind of a chore to watch, which I was not expecting. Like he was, he was able to carry through with like his star power mm-hmm. and his presence but they weren't fun to watch. And then you get into that interminable George Steele feud, um, which just uh, wipes him out for like a whole year. Now, Savage's pluses, I mean, we talked about it at length last time, but it's like no one connects you emotionally to a match more than Randy Savage. But I just think that window of his, of his pure greatness is smaller than I think I, was, I had evaluated it last time. Um, and, and even, even when I lined up the matches, I was like, well, you know, Savage has more great matches than Hogan, but I don't even know if that's true anymore. Like I, I, at least, at least how I see it. Like, I mean, I have Hogan probably having as many five-star matches as Savage. Now I know my system is different, but so he doesn't even beat Hogan on matches. He doesn't beat Austin on matches. Bruno is like a, a, I don't want to say like a mercy put up there, you know, but like. He's like that guy you've kind of have to include. So for me, right. Savage is just so far behind the three of them in importance. Like those three have to be the top three for me. 
And then Savage, I think, is the best ever, so he's four. Yeah, my retort is I just don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> like, if you want to talk, oh, most important on that, like, okay, two through 100 for me, right? Like, mm. I'm, I'm just going to have Savage one, and that's the, that's the only way I'm going to go about it. Like, to me, right. he's the greatest performer they had because of the emotional attachment to his stories that he provides. And maybe it's the Providence slant, but nobody was more beloved in that building than him. Mm. Like no one ever got out popped, even at the 94 rumble. We talked about it when we did that rumble, right? Right. Like it's such reverence and love for him even more than like Hogan and that stretch. And when you just look at feud after feud, the emotional toll and what it meant, like everything was such a big deal. Like right down to the crush feud. It was like, how could he do that to macho man? It wasn't like, Oh, macho got duped again. Like sting. Right. It was like, how could you do that to Savage? It felt like it was an affront to like, I don't want to say the president because no one gives a shit about the president anymore. (laughs) It's like someone like you can't, but like royalty, like, how could you do this to the macho man? And it was just like, everyone immediately is rallying Savage for revenge. And he never was just like, not beloved. It was just, and everything always felt authentic and real. And that's my big issue with Hogan mm-hmm. is how much of him feels fake after a certain point. And I know it's the superhero cartoon stuff, but it is like, Maybe it starts with them intersecting in 88, right? Like that's pre right. pre that for Hogan. It feels authentic. You know, when Andre rips the thing off, like all that feels real. Once he crosses paths with Savage and now he's on screen with him, everything feels fake. And maybe it's Hogan's transition to acting that fucked him. I don't know. Like maybe right. he tried to start acting too much, but Savage never felt like he was acting. I would argue... Right. He's the most believable wrestler of all time that maybe Brock is the only one that's close. Like that this is who this guy is. Like you never looked at that and thought, Oh, Savage is acting crazy or Savage is acting emotional. Like that motherfucker was crazy (laughs) and emotional. Like this is how this guy lived his life. And great. There's this great shot from, one of the Saturday night's main events, it's I, I it made me laugh for like ten minutes straight, where like he's fighting Honky and he starts chasing him around the ring. But like then he's like Jimmy Hart starts running too, and Peggy Sue start running. So it looks like he's chasing three grown adults <laughs> around who are running for their lives from this man because he's that crazy and will kill them. And for someone as extra as him, like it it never feels like he's trying to be that way. Which is why it always felt to me like he had this extreme connection. I think Austin's close to, um, as far as like this feels like this this guy, right? And that's yeah. why I struggle with Hogan. I think Cena suffers the same as Hogan, where it feels like they're trying to be cool instead of just being fucking cool, you know? Um, I never got Hogan was cool. Like that's not ever how the character. Oh, I mean Hollywood, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, yeah I guess but... I know. I know it doesn't count, but even if you watch their WCW stuff pre pre NWO, it's like super glaring there too. Where Savage yeah. just feels he's just talking, and Hogan always feels like he's talking like he feels like he should be talking. 
Yeah, I would I would agree. I would and agree I noticed that, a cow for this, but no, but I would agree that Savage is more real. Um, definitely. I think I would. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying with the cool thing. It's just that's not I, I, I don't feel that's what they're going for with Hogan at all. Like it's like it's like saying, well, Superman's not cool. Right. Well, they're not trying to do that. They're trying to create. All right. Well, make cool is the wrong word, but like, I guess it was meant to be more of an analogy of like the dude, you know, who tries to be cool and the dude. Oh, I see. Is, right. So it's more like Savage is the natural, whereas Hogan feels like post 88 to me, like he's trying too hard to That's be natural. Fair. Everything feels That's over fair. the top and exaggerated, which I guess, again, is the era. So it's it's hard to fault him, I guess. But and yeah. it worked. I mean, he's my number three, like whatever. I just to me, Savage is more engaging. And I feel like nobody on this list has the number of great feuds that he has. Um, Hogan's close. Okay, well, so hold on. Savage has got his great feuds. So is the first, do you have Hogan as the first great one or do you have Steamboat? Honky. Oh, it's Steamboat. Yeah, Steamboat. Steamboat, Honky, Mega Powers as a story. Yeah. Right? And then. Warrior. Warrior. Jake. Jake, Flair. Yep. Crush. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. seven. Yeah. Now there's a couple of little holes, but that's okay. Now Hogan, Hogan's great feuds. Piper. Piper. Orndorff. Andre. Andre. Savage. Um, Heenan. Yeah. Heenan. Savage. But l- let's just, well, where we count it. Um, yeah. Then it's not a feud with Slaughter. the water. Yeah, slaughter, earthquake. Um, yeah, flare, flare, and Sid. That's a weird kind of era. No, nah, that's not really a feud. Yeah, but then he comes back and he's got Rock. So I get it, it's weird because they're not really doing feuds anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not like yeah. Jake. So Jake would be up there. Jake, like all his feuds are super personal, right? How many is that for Hogan? It's like six or seven. Like it's close. Yeah, I think Jake's a close too. Yep, I think Jake's close when you think of the emotion. Yeah. But again, he's natural, right? Like that's the difference. I think that's what makes those feuds hit so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I am not debating that. Like, he, I, I think Savage is probably the best performer they've ever had. I just think that the, the, the. You said yourself though, it's not all importance. I'm not saying it's all importance, but it's also not all performance. Right. And I think that like the guys I have ahead of him, with the exception of Bruno. Like I can, I can say that I think their performance is close enough to Savage that the importance wins out. Mm. Like, yeah. Cause like, it's different, right? Like when I watch Savage Warrior from seven, I get emotional, mm-hmm. right? But I get emotional in different ways when I was watching Austin McMahon back in the day. It's not the well, same emotion, but it, it drew me in just as much, right? This is what I was going to say more. is that to me, that's why I have Austin too. Because I think he's the closest to Savage in generating that pure, relatable, realistic emotion. Yeah, I would agree. But I just think that Hogan. I mean, I've I've tossed up a lot. Who's going one right. between Hogan and Austin? Bruno's always going to be number three. Um, but I've, I, I mean, man, Hogan made pro wrestling. Like he yeah. he really made it, and it wasn't by default. He made it because he was an incredible performer too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the last time I didn't appreciate his work rate at all, but like 
he's a fucking great worker. Like on yeah, a lot no, of I don't disagree there. I yeah. think he's underrated. Um, and, and and I will say that as much as as much as I think Savage is is better at conveying emotion, I don't think anyone has more charisma than Hogan. Mm. Like, I, I mean, you're you're bringing up Providence as a thing for Savage. But Savage was never able to whip a crowd into the same level of frenzy as Hogan. Like, I mean, I, even I mean, oh, I was in Montreal that night when he came back yeah. after WrestleMania, and like, it's so tough to qualify that nostalgia era because, like, I don't know, we were all just drunk on it in that time period. That's yeah. not to take away from Hogan, but like anything '80s was so hot in the early 2000s. It was just like, right, we were in love with all of it again. Um, it made us feel like kids after we had to graduate college, et cetera. Right. And so I, I don't disagree. I don't think it, just anyone could have came back and gotten that reaction. Yeah. But like if Savage fights rock, it, it's, it's it, at WrestleMania 18. I'm not saying Savage doesn't get cheered, but I can't imagine they cheer him the same way they cheer Hogan. Yeah. I'm not even debating Savage is a bigger yeah. star than Hogan. I don't oh, I don't think there is yeah. a debate. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's not an argument that I would even try to make. I will say, Fans never turned on Savage unless they were directed to make him as a heel. Right. Like, well, I mean, everyone's out on Hogan by 92 to the point where they're dubbing videos. <laughs> you know, like everyone got tired of the act. Whereas Savage is as hot as ever in that crush feud, as over as ever. To the point yeah, where it, we fantasy booked multiple world title reigns for him in those last two years because of right. how great he was and how into the into him the fans were. Um, but and that carries also, for the next three years in WCW, you know. He also had the advantage, though, of of kind of being a part-timer at that point. Yeah, I mean, like, Hogan kind of is after 90. Yeah, but he's still there a lot. He's still there at all the pay-per-views. Not and on TV wrestling. and stuff. I mean, he's barely on TV. Right, but he's not retired and becoming a commentator and then people demanding him back. You know, like, I think that's a that's – a, it's a tough comparison. Like, yeah, they are – Savage is still active other than that 91 stretch. Like – Yes, he's in the booth on Raw and shit in 93, but he's, like, still wrestles a bunch in 93. Yeah. I think, I think like, um, what I'm when I said about Hogan connecting with the crowd, and we kind of took it in the realm of, we're not arguing he's Savage is a bigger star. I just think that that connection, I don't know how much that has to do with him being a bigger star. I think there's just something there that he had, like, that he was always able to tap into. There was just something about him that screams this art form, Hogan. Right. And and yeah, like I like to me that's that connection with the fans mm-hmm. and drawing them in is as meaningful as the emotional connection Savage gives to me. Right. Yeah, I mean I think at the end of the day I'm not it's I'm not interested in the argument because <laughs> like it's not going to change for me and whether that you know, I hate to take the will stance of, well, it's my list. This is my guy. But th- that's kind of where I'm at with him being number one. Like, he's just he's my favorite. He's my all time favorite. I think he's the best across multiple categories. I think he's got absurd amount of feuds. I never get tired of seeing him. There's never a time where he comes on and I'm like, I'm done with him. Um, and this is someone who watched like all those MSGs and shit in that right. stretch <laughs> like i'd had to write copious notes like you know there were definitely times where i was like ah, all right now listen hogan was the mvp of a lot of those like don't get me wrong like he if you go back through my those podcasts with scott i have him as mvp probably more than anyone on all those msgs i mean he's right he's a star it's a savage is my favorite right 
And then I have Austin above Hogan again, because I just feel, um, Austin McMahon. And maybe it's just I lived it and I didn't live Hogan Andre or Hogan Piper. Right. Yeah. I didn't even live Hogan Savage really. Right. To me, like Austin McMahon's the hottest wrestling's ever been in my lifetime. Not having to go back and videotape. Um, like I, I, I wasn't around in the crowd for Hogan's hottest stuff, but I was there for Austin and it was fucking insane. I was in Worcester and that pop nearly broke me (laughs) when he came out with the chair. You know what I mean? Like the dude was just a mega star and you know, we're doing wrestling war zone. You're seeing it sparkling in 96. Like some of my favorite all time wrestling memories, breaking in the Pillman's house, the face to face with Brown raw, the Survivor series match, uh, WrestleMania 13, you know, the the promo before May 13, you want to beat me like a dog and like you know, treat me like a dog, expect me to smile, like like all that stuff. I bring a condom to the ring. <laughs> WrestleMania, uh, I mean, um, Rumble 97, like just do the dude love match. Austin McMahon on Raw, like those are my favorite wrestling memories. Right. We're watching all that stuff. So those sound um, like great reasons to have him ahead of the Macho Man. Yeah, but Macho Man's my favorite. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like where I landed. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. And those are some of my favorite memories. Also, too. the crowd never turned on Austin. No, the way they turned on Rock. I know. Or Hogan. Yeah. They never did, and they tried. They, they tried to make them, but he ended up being the best he ever was. They didn't when they when they tried to turn him. Like that's my other favorite stretch too. Like I love that summer of '01. It's like some of my favorite wrestling stuff. Oh, I love it too. I mean, it's incredible. So it's like that. And like, I think you could argue his 01 is the greatest year of a WF wrestler when you factor the entire package. Because not only was he a great character, he was also churning out like classic matches. matches. Yeah, he's got a great year. He's great in that Rumble. He's great at No Way Out. He's great at WrestleMania. Um, I don't love his next two, but he's still okay. Great at King of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Great at Invasion. Mm-hmm. Great at SummerSlam. Great at Unforgiven. Great at No Mercy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's like everything. Maybe just the December. And all the TV. He's got the Benoit match, the Jericho match yeah. on TV. It's, you know, an Angles match on TV in there. All the stuff with Vince and Angle. Like, there's just incredible. All the stuff with him and RVD on TV. Like, there's yet, so much good stuff. And yet, all the while, the ratings are going down. Like, it, it's a weird thing, eh? Like... Right. I just think they were at an unsustainable level. Yeah, it's possible. I think it got to a peak of so many non-fans were ch- were into it. Like, whether they were just in college, it was a cool thing. Like, I, I don't think it was ever sustainable. Like, I, I think there's a... Yes, the quality went down. I don't disagree. But I don't... I can't imagine it was ever going to be keeping at that level, even if it stayed hot. But I just it think was... it was... There's a natural wane to all things pop culture. You're seeing it now with, with Marvel. Like... Marvel was the coolest fucking thing. Everyone wanted to see the movies, this and that. The more you read now, there's more negative than positive. Right. And people are more out than you would think. There's less of a vibe to go see them when they first hit. Like, I but feel like pro- everything the, the, popular eventually, like, the outer edge of the casuals, like, wears off on everything. Yeah, you're not wrong. But it's also because, like, I mean, Marvel's a great example. And, and maybe this translates to, to what we're talking about. Like Marvel to me is is on the downturn now because they did something that was so incredible with Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. and it has not 
like everyone kind of expected, okay, it won't be as good, but they've been putting out stuff that's not good. Like that it's not just like not as good, that's not good. Right. And it's weird because I love that TV in 2001, but some people hate it. Right. So I'm curious if that's. I think it's part of it. I just, I just, again, I think, I think at some point the bubble is not sustainable. Yeah. I I, agree. Agreed. Like everything's great until suddenly it's, it's not. Right. Yeah. I just think that casual effect is always going to wear off. It's just impossible to maintain. Nothing has ever had, I mean, like NFL football, maybe <laughs> it's like the only thing um, to really ever sustain like an incredible level of popularity for a long time. Can you think of another instance aside from the 92 Rumble where the fans turned on Hogan in the WWF? Uh, King of the Ring 93. Were they booing him there? There's cheers when Yoko beats him. Okay. Because I, I'm not disagreeing that it doesn't happen. Also, I think I think is the MSG before eight with Sid, where Sid's getting cheered over him, like that battle royal or something. Well, Sid certainly doesn't get cheered more than him at WrestleMania. Isn't there a pop at Survivor Series '91 when Taker beats him too? Pretty sure. Yeah, but there's a pop when I don't I don't consider that people turning on him. Like, well, they're happy he lost. Yeah, but it's a title change, you know, like, and it's surprising and, you know, like. Yeah, but they're not upset. No, but that's not the same as turning on him. There's not like, a pop when Andre beats him in the main event. They're upset. Yes, but it's different. Like, Andre's not the same character as The Undertaker. Like, Undertaker was gaining popularity. Like, it, it's, I, I just think there's a difference between someone popping at him losing or not being as, or being upset or actively booing him versus Sid at the end of that rumble. Like, I think that's a different thing. Mm. Because I'm not denying that he, the crowd did turn on him at points, but I feel it does get a bit overblown. In ter- it, it, it's become a narrative of like, well, by '92 everyone hated him, you know, like, but that's not really true. Like, he was still quite popular. Now maybe if he sticks around after WrestleMania eight, maybe right. that become it becomes more obvious. Yeah, he might have gotten out in time. Yeah, possible, but we don't know, right? Like, I'm going off Rumble '92 where they're 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 cheering for Sid. I love the example of uh, King of the Ring 93. But yeah, you're right. They didn't. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I just don't I don't know how hard they turned on him is, is my right. point, I guess. All right. Well, look, I think we've dove uh, quite a bit into the top 10. That's where we stand as of now. A month from now, we're going to be back and we'll reveal where this all shakes out. Will Savage still be my number one? Will Austin still be above Hogan? Will Hogan rise? How far Cena will drop? Will there be any new names, new faces? Yep. Uh, it'll be fun. We'll dig into it a month from now. We'll be back in two weeks, though, with our next installment of our ranking every WFE title change ever. World title, sh- world title change. I'm going chronologically, ranking them in a bunch of categories, so that's every other week here. Uh, plus all the other great content on the North-South Connection that we're super happy to bring to you every single day. Until then... The dookie has been dropped. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. See you, Wait till that's done. Wait till what's done. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Five pounds of courage, buddy.
beige tent pants with a gold tee. Uh, this a war dance, a victory step. A boss stance is a gift, and you insist it's my rep. John Cena trademark, y'all are so so. And talk about the bread you make, but don't know the recipe for dodo. Aiming guns in all your photos, that's a no no. In this pop, your lip lock, your big talks are blatant, no so. See what happens when the ice age melts. You see, monetary status is not what matters, but it helps. I'm rocking time piece by Benny, if any. The same reason y'all could love me is the same reason y'all condemn me. A man's measured by the way that he thinks. Not clothing lines, ice links, leather and minks. I spent 20 plus years seeking knowledge itself. So for now, Mark Frederick is living life for wealth. Your time is up, my time is now.